0: Hi, welcome to the Sacred Dew podcast. I'm Rachel Goodwin, and I'm a channel and healer who loves to teach and empower others. I offer a look at spirituality in fresh and new ways, and you can see more of my work at my website at rachelgoodwin.dk and the classes and sessions that I do. Okay, so today for you, we have a really, 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 special guest and wonderful interview and today we're talking to Jeremiah Duart Bills and today he's coming forth in his aspect of musician and when he does his music it's called Arco Iris Arco Iris music. Now, Jeremiah already has a successful career um, as a baker. But today he is, well, I'll read out his bio. His bio is lovely. Arco Iris is a composer, singer, Juilliard trained flutist, pianist and producer. His first ritual mystic pop album, Hierophant, incorporates symbolism from the Tarot, Gnostic Christianity and channelings from Mary Magdalene. It features his voice, flutes, harpsichords, dulcimers, a humpback whale, sampled and electronic instruments. Arco Iris invites you on a soul's journey into the mystery schools of old. With the angels of the seven seals, he guides you on the crystalline path of the initiate where tears become the bees of wisdom. Shame becomes a golden key. Light balances holy darkness and the ocean of your soul is reclaimed. We had such a great conversation. I've just sat and listened back through to the whole thing. I always I always listen back through you know to to write the show notes, but um, today I listened to the whole thing because it, it's just it's just so much fun. We have so much in common, and we're just talking about some really 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 great stuff. So I'll shut up now and let you get on and listen and enjoy. Now remember to come over to the Sacred You podcast page on Facebook. Or my Rachel Goodwin. DK um, Instagram profile and, and drop us a comment.
1: Haha, huh, hey, yeah, Valea, no, hoi, eh, kahali, ku, morning, Pī kō i ka ho i ka pili ko lo he kō pū ka ai. Kapuana
0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sacred You, and today we have. The wonderful Jeremiah. I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Duarte Bills.
2: That's beautiful. It works. (laughs) Yes, great.
0: Was it right though, Jeremiah?
2: Well, okay. So if you're going to say it in Portuguese, it's Duarte. And
1: then
2: (gasps) my family in Americanized it to Duarte. So that's, Ah. but we get Duarte often too, because that makes the most sense given the other European languages.
0: Yeah, I, I've really got into the habit of saying E's now, which you don't do in English and French, but but the Danish do it. And I've I've started doing it now and not realizing that I'm doing it until I think, oh, isn't that weird? I've said like, you know, I've said the E, because you don't do it in English and French. So 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 we know something about you already. Got a Portuguese family ancestry. Tell us a bit about that.
2: Yes. So I'm half Portuguese by descent and my mother's family immigrated from the Azores Islands. And if, and I feel like maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, no one knew what I was talking about. And now they're becoming much more popular. But for us, since we're in the spiritual space, what's fun to say is some people believe that they are some of the last remain remnants of Atlantis. So being from there and being there is very special. You can kind of tap into that, that, that energy. And it's, it is a magical place. It's a place that when I, when the plane lands, I cry, most, most everyone's clapping. And when I leave, I cry, you know, it's just that kind of place that you're just, there's something that that truly feels home to me and my, um, my soul when I'm there.
0: Wow, that is amazing. And I have, I have seen photographs of the Azores Island. And, and that must only be in the last year or two. And I just remember the blue, the colour of, and because I love that colour. I go mad for that colour. And I I had never heard of it before. I think it was some, like, travel piece in the Guardian newspaper or something like that. They were just, I remember reading this whole thing about how gorgeous it is. And I was like, I want to go. <laughs> I have to go there. It was, it was that colour. It was just like... <gasps> I need to soak up that energy. But yeah, I didn't know that connection about Atlantis. That's like...
2: Yes. Mm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of old um, tales about sort of... Like there's in one island, there are two lakes that are connected. And they're connected, but one is green and one is blue. And there's a sort of very old story about... I think there are these Atlantean princess and prince, and one cried green tears, and one cried blue tears. You know, and it's all the there's super volcanic. One of the islands, they cook; it can cook food in the ground. It's a whole situation, and and just beautiful energy, beautiful energy.
1: Oh,
0: I'm so whenever I can travel again, and it's. actually possible because like me and my husband were a bit restricted because our son's autistic he's eight and it's quite difficult to travel with him but I know at some point in my life I'll be able to sort of go away on spiritual trips and things again probably by myself with permission from the family but I really want to go I do really really want to go so I mean what kind of population is there how many people are there
2: so my family's island at its height was uh, around 150,000. And now it's down to 14,000. Wow. But there are nine islands. And I believe the biggest island has maybe, I want to say 300,000, but I could be wrong. It could be, but more or less. But the um, they're quite sparsely populated now. Although people, so my family's island's called Fail, And in the 60s or late 50s, the volcano erupted and it was pretty, Hard on the on on that that population, and so Kennedy was a senator in Massachusetts, and he allowed for immigration to come from from Portugal, and so that's when some of my family came, and um, a lot of Azorians left because it was also a part of the country that was um, overlooked by Portugal. They were quite poor. So I'm saying this all to say there was a big, um, leaving of the Azores and now it seems like people are starting to come, go back because it's so magical and people now can work from other places and, you know, our industries have changed. So it's interesting. Um, and they're, they've modernized quite quickly. I mean, in the seventies, you might not have had a proper, um, bathroom, but now it's just as modern as anywhere in Europe.
0: Fabulous. Well, I think we've just done a bit of, um,
2: <laughs> travel.
0: Yeah. A sort of advert. Although, actually, no one go there. No one go there. We no, don't. <laughs> no. Oh, that does sound amazing. So, wow, we just jumped straight into the the energies with that, haven't we? So let's let's go let's go back a bit because you wrote to me originally because you're a musician and you wanted to share your Sarah music that you were you have been creating. So tell us, I mean, what's what's the backstory to that?
2: Okay, I love to tell stories, and I'm that kind of person that feels like you need every single detail, but I realize you probably don't. So I'll do my best to kind of <laughs> jump through the most important steps. So I was born, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but in all honesty, I was, and we all were. And, and I think that is... Um, That is amazing that we chose to be here right now. And I can really remember being like, if I look back at that that innocence of what that was, of like this pure like rainbow sprite of life that was just ready to explode all this love and loving and creative energy, which was beautiful and still is. And I think my life since then has been reconnecting to that And this album. My very first album is really embracing who i i was and who i am in that essence that connected me to 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 jeremiah at birth and my my artist name arco iris means rainbow in portuguese so that that symbol so when i was that little i would imagine that i could shoot rainbows out of my hands out of my eyes to like you know, to send love to people, to um, fight off evil. It's very much, you know, the generation of the Care Bears. So, you know, that was part of that dream as well. But that symbol of the rainbow and then oddly enough, it becomes the gay pride flag, which like, well, that's hilarious and amazing. Perfect. Perfect. So it all connects for me in these, these beautiful ways. Um, so I was, my parents um, are very, they're fundamentalist evangelical Christians and but they're super open-minded and just gorgeous, gorgeous people. However, that religion and that though that that um that way of thinking definitely, let's say, um, planted seeds of fear and separation in me. And this album was really a way of me kind of reclaiming myself and purifying myself from from what didn't serve me, belief systems that didn't serve me. And it's, um, and I understand that my parents chose all of that for the love they have for themselves, for source and for me, but some of that did not in the end resonate for me. So that, that's part of the story. And then I was always attracted to the arts and my, both my grandmothers are painters. So I grew up in the visual arts and then I studied dance. And then I realized while I was dancing, they're like, oh, the music is what, where it's at, it's not the moving to the music. I need to be actually in the music. So, the flute chose me, or I chose the flute. It was never a question about what instrument it would be, and I excelled quite quickly in that instrument and um, love classical music. So I just thought I'm going to be in a symphony orchestra somewhere, you know, just soaring the top of the orchestra for the rest of my life and. I had the great privilege to go to beautiful schools like the San Francisco Conservatory of Music and then the Juilliard School which is such a beautiful place to um to study such a creative place. And I thought I was on the top of the world so to speak and you know of what my dreams were going to what I wanted them to be. And then I graduated in 2008 and the financial crisis definitely as it did for everyone, but definitely decimated the art scene in New York City, where where I was attempting to work. And I just burned out really quickly. Because if you think about energy, like I was putting out all this energy, and I became a bit desperate to have this dream that I had nurtured since I was young. And also within that, I now I can see that why I became or wanted to become so good at this instrument, because it brought me love from other people. So, you know, being this effeminate, very different child in a conservative family and conservative area of California, I experienced people not really getting me or accepting me, and I could feel that rejection at a very as a very sensitive person. So I, what, I honored myself in choosing an instrument that, yes, is perceived as, like, you know, stereotypically feminine, although... All, no instruments need gender. They can play, be played for whoever they want to be. Um, so I honored that part of myself of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for that instrument, even though people are like a little like, what? And I'm going to be so good at it that no one can deny me love. And so that sort of relationship worked. You know, it is a bit sad, but those are the things we do when you're young and you don't know how to process these things. You find your way to cope And oftentimes that can lead to really beautiful art and beautiful... I mean, I also can look at it as I chose that in order to grow. You know, you can decide to choose, you know, like I can look... I chose to have those parents so I could have that experience of growth. That is something that you don't have to have that, that lens, but that is very freeing to me. And then I can look back and see all the gifts that it gave instead of the pain that it gave. Okay, so... Now, right. I was the 2008 came. Things weren't working. All of a sudden, that outpouring of talent and who I am just wasn't bringing back the love. I was getting close to winning jobs, and if you don't know, like taking orchestral jobs is a bit like going to Vegas and gambling. <laughs> so, an orchestra will only have maybe four flute players and maybe one opening at any given time. Every few years or every 10 years. And then a hundred people show up for that one job. And you have to fly there. You have to pay to stay. There's a lot of, and then you're training. I would train like six to eight hours a day. So it's like the Olympics. And there's just so the, the, the possibilities of, um, of, um, success are, are just really slim. And it's a numbers game. You got to keep taking the auditions. You got to be really, um, um, just patient, but I wasn't patient. It just, I burnt out quickly. And so I then turned my back on music and was like, I just need to have security. So whatever that means. So I worked in odd jobs in business. I worked at Louis Vuitton for a while selling handbags, just, you know, whatever there is, I just wanted to have a stable life. And then I did, I did create that and then I did slowly get back into music and I started teaching piano and teaching flute, so it was a this compromise, you know, I was in the arts, but I wasn't in the risk of really following my dreams and within that, this dream though the seed of a dream of I want to have my own music, no longer even just be in that symphony orchestra, I want to be creating my own work i'm and using my own perspective. And I re- can remember being in high school sort of when I was kind of having my awakening that, okay, it's time to sort of leave Christianity and also embracing my sexuality that I heard like Tori Amos and like Bjork. And I remember hearing them and I'm being like, what the heck is happening? You know, like this just, it was like a calling from beyond. Like so that was a big awakening for, it to, for me to hear those two specific artists. And so that seed was inside of me of wanting to do my own thing. And I started nurturing it um, in the past, I would say, five to 10 years, very casually. And since I then ha- now had the time, I had the security, I had the resources to just sort of play as an artist. And then my maternal, my Portuguese grandmother um, passed away and her and I were like, I don't know. Soul, well, for sure, soul family beyond just blood family and just angels for each other. And she was a huge part of my musical upbringing, my artistic upbringing, and just, just a, um, some, we all have the divine mother within us, but she, she led that by example to our whole family. Like you just wanted to sit at her feet. You know, she was that kind of woman who would just love you so unconditionally and sit on the phone with you for hours, even just silent, just wanting to be with you and and give that motherly love. So when she passed, it was like something switched in me, and I was like, it's time. It's time. I'm ready. I'm ready to follow this path. And then the universe really conspired to help me and to support me. And as you can tell, I hadn't been in this sphere, so I'm, I'm releasing an album with no with my audience is still out there ready to find me, you know, versus I have this whole audience and I release an album. And so I reached out to you because you are all about Sarah. I, and I sometimes call her Sarah. So if I go back and forth, forgive me. Um, I love the Holy Family and the the whole story around the feminine perspective and the heretical if you want to call it, I love that kind of heretical um, way to describe it. Um, histories that are out there, that just those saved me. And I'm sure we can get onto all, to all that. But to bring it full forward, it was like, I just, is a big part of my life and she's a part of the work, Magdalene and her and Fatima, Mother Mary, we call her Fatima in Portuguese, and um, Honor of the Grandmother. They just wove their magic through this album, held me by the hand, step by step. And I just... I need to make friends. And I was like, I want to be friends with Rachel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: thank you. Thank you for, for reaching out because, you know, it's been, it's been really great kind of, you know, seeing what you're doing and starting to get to know you a bit. And so, you know, you sent me, you sent me that music and it took me a couple of weeks before I had some sort of like spare, like space to kind of be able to to listen to it and it was I mean I I I kind of feel like the music on the different tracks on that album that you've made they feel like initiations to me you know this isn't this isn't pop music this is this is like deep stuff and because I have to i'll tell you a bit i'll tell you a bit of a secret when i do journeying like when i not when i'm meditating or channeling this doesn't happen but when i'm journeying and when i journey the physical body is kind of traveling with me as well when the energies are all happening like i twitch <laughs> and i convulse it just it's complete there's nothing i can do about it it happens and that happens when i was listening to your music as well i was like oh <laughs> twitch you know like oh my god oh my god you know it was like very strong very powerful that's why when we had that bit of a chat you know when we were just talking about doing the podcast and initially I said to you you know you you are a priest you know totally you're totally like an initiator and I and I think I think that's the way people need to go into your music is it's not something to sort of listen to superficially. It's like having an experience. You sit down, you you know, you light a candle, <laughs> you sink down into the space, you go into a bit of an altered state of consciousness and you receive, you know, the power of of, of what's coming through.
2: Yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> Well, that, that just, so my whole body is, you know, tingling all the chills because that, those were my intentions and intentions and those were also the intentions of spirit as, as we were, we were creating this together. And literally, I'm, you know, so the first song is called Initiate and each song, there's so many layers in each songs, in each song. I mean, for instance, so originally there was only seven songs to relate to each chakra system. Or a seal of the energy centers, and then um, there's a ninth, or an an eighth song. So you know we have the one above the head, and then there's a transitional song, sort of a prelude. Um, so yes, they were meant to kind of, to have all these layers of meanings, and and the number seven is woven in so many times. Like the first song, is all different types of seventh chords, and I sing in these intervals of seven. So I'm really like you said, trying to create this temple of for each song that you can go into and then the song is going to reach in and um there'll be some sort of alchemy for you within there and whatever that is that's between you and the song which is so special so thank you for mirroring back the intentions that that i wove and gardened and planted into this project
0: oh you're welcome you're welcome it's it's really really magical stuff but um, something I was thinking when you were talking about, oh, it's gone now, it's gone now. So my brain's gone, just thinking about that, that music, my brain's gone a bit of blank now. It's a bit of a problem, isn't it? When you go into the right side of the brain space and you're just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you lose the words because you're just, you're just like, you're just in that space. I know what, I was wondering what Arco I, I, Iris was about, the name because I can see I can see that name around like I did a search on it on the on the internet. And I could see that that whole rainbow thing coming up. Because I also really, really love rainbows. And um, always have done and I went to Hawaii, I think for the first time in 2005. And of course, you know, in Hawaiian spirituality, rainbows are very much there. Because they're physically very much there on the islands, because there's so much water around and so much like variations in the weather, they see rainbows a lot, and also right. see them around in the waterfalls. But but also, you know, it's around in their you know stories about their gods and goddesses. And I've I've always really really loved that. And I've got this lovely hula that I do where you like you draw a rainbow over you and you sing it in hawaiian and it's really it's really lovely so because i didn't realize i think i tried to look for a a meaning and i didn't find it so that's portuguese is it portuguese
2: yes yes and in portuguese it would be pronounced differently so i just it sounds cool uh, pronouncing it you know just with a an english or american accent and yeah it all made sense again you know the seven colors of the rainbow. I was working with the seven energy centers and that was, you know, an important symbol for me as a growing up and yes. And it's connected to the land. And then the other thing that was coming up for me is I remember in writing the first song initiate, I had my first experience with channeling. I, I mean, I think in the church I grew up with, definitely there was channeling, but people didn't call it that. Um, and so I heard a channeling of the divine mother and it was that kind of thing where I, it was just the energy was so intense and um, a voice went off in my head that said, warrior of light, you've lost your way. And I was like, I don't even know what a warrior of light is. No, nothing. And so I've, I've had very few. Yes, I work with spirit a lot and I, I can channel and bring through things in but not it's very few where you feel like, whoa, that's definitely someone else's voice in my brain. Like, it's often, you know, in my thoughts, if that makes sense. So this was pretty powerful. So then I started Googling, like, what's a warrior of light, a light warrior? And my, my you know, world is opening up. And then something came up about a rainbow warrior. And there's all these prophecies. And eh. the Native American culture is about, you know, meaning that all these races and different people will come together for the earth. And I was like, well, that is in full alignment of, how you know, back to Jeremiah, little rainbow sprite. That's all I wanted. I want everyone to just be in love with each other and the earth. And I'm going back to that voice. I had that same voice came to me when I was, I don't know, less than five. And I was already at that young age questioning my religious upbringing. And that voice said to me, why can't everyone just be good?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I had the same thing when I was a, a child. I could feel this kind of blueprint of how it was supposed to be and this beautiful light. And then I was looking around me at the world that I was living in and it was not mirroring. That. Right. And and, you know, as a child, I got sort of more and more distressed as I got older and became you know I dealt with it by getting very depressed, really, and going into a lot of despair and hopelessness, and you know, I still have that pattern in my in my life. It's something that I still go i go down into, but I come out of it a lot quicker, I come out of it a lot quicker now, and also, like when I was a child, I didn't have anyone else around me to say yeah but you're right that blueprint you've got that's that's the divine blueprint that's beautiful that is that is like that's the truth that is the truth of the divine and what we really are and now I do have that merit around me you know I have loads of I mean it's amazing isn't it I mean like I'm 50 now I'll be 51 next month and like I mean, all the information and access to wisdom we have from each other is just incredible. And, of course, when I was a little girl growing up in Dealing Kent in Britain, I had nothing. There was nothing. There was the church. And I I felt so failed by the church because I was always looking for answers. And I I have to say I never found anything from the Church of England that that sort of helped me in, in, in any way. But um, I did have a thought. That's what I was. Go- that's what I was going to say about. It. I did have a thought when you were saying you were born into your, the family that you were with the religion. You know, I think all of us that are healers, we choose to get born into certain family lines so we can take on that bit of the collective unconscious and bring our light to yes. it. And you know, and I, and that's what that's the thought I had about you.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I- I'm thinking of my song um it's called The Tower and it's probably one of the most confrontational songs and in it I I just invoke basically some of these characters in our our, our collective consciousness that are are either or termed heretical or evil and just really pushing that that like why why this du- you know I think we're moving past du- you know, this duality consciousness for coming closer into like you know, they're, they're, I know it sounds utopian, but there's no right or wrong. There's only truth. And so that's what that song is. And also connecting us into the earth mother, into the actual elements and invoking, you know, earth, air, fire, water, and spirit, because that is who we are. I know it, for other people, I'm like, oh, that sounds a little too out there. I'm like, no, 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 that's like literally what you are. And so invoking that in a spiritual sense. And that became very important to me because I feel like belief systems whether they come from religion or just from inherited can separate you from that truth that truth of your own sovereign divinity and that song really is me becoming um a warrior for myself not in that i want to to um it's like a warrior that wants everyone's welcome i'm not fighting against anything it's like i'm just standing i'm finally can stand you know hundreds of years ago, we couldn't say these things, you know, now it's safe. And now we can stand firm. And everyone that's facing us can just join in, you know, like, there's no like, we don't actually have to go to war. But I have to stand for the truth of of, of what this means to me and for so many. So yes, I know I was born into this line. And I know, It's um, I needed that so that the Holy Family, the the Divine Feminine part of the Holy Family could come to me and I could hear their truths and I could I can help spread that word.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So so when I got when I got that first email from you, like I said, obviously, I didn't know anything about you. And I had a little bit of a listen to the music. And then I was looking at your name again on the email. And I was just thinking, and I, and I said this to you before, Jeremiah, and you know, I was looking at, because I can just read energies just from looking at somebody's name and, and, or picture or whatever. And I was thinking, wow, his energies are really balanced. He's got the divine feminine and the divine masculine. Like they're balanced. And that's so rare in people. You know, not many of us have kind of got to that place yeah and i was thinking yeah i can see why him and sarah are really kind of a number it's like you know he's like got this connection with her and that was before i knew anything about you or your sexuality and then when i did realize that you're gay i was like oh this makes so much sense because like like when you're singing it's so manly. I mean, the strength, the divine masculine coming through, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's really, I really, really love your, your singing voice. But you also have that divine feminine side as well. And I just love it. I just, you know, I think it's really, really, it makes me, it makes me so happy because, I mean, I, I, you know, I haven't particularly been touched by gender issues in my life personally but my dad was he well I mean it was all a bit of a secret in the family but my dad was a cross dresser he hid it he hid it but he was also a Scorpio so he loved his secrets (laughs) so you know it's also I think he also got a lot of enjoyment out of that but he works he worked for Sealink on the ferries as an engineer and he had this really manly life and you know, he loved Formula One car racing and reading about World War II and t- tanks, and, you know, he had all these little tanks that he'd glued together all sitting around in his living room. And my mum, many years ago now, this is, is in the 80s, she, she, she realised that she wasn't happy in her marriage and she decided to divorce him. And the judge wouldn't accept her reason for divorce, which was like, I'm not happy. So she had to come up with other stuff. And that's what she used in the divorce was that he was, you know, cause she found these photographs of him in women's clothes and she felt so betrayed. And like when she told me, I laughed. I laughed because I was just like, it was just like, My dad always gave this image of being like this manly man. And he had guns, you know, he used to go out hunting, shooting rabbits. And, you know, there was never any kind of image about it. But um, he wouldn't talk. He never talked about it or gave a hint of it. And I never felt able to bring it up. With him because like no one talked about anything in my family so there was just this unwritten rule that you just didn't you just didn't say anything and i really regret it now but i was when did he die 2008 that's quite a while ago now i would say it now but then i just hadn't i hadn't found the way to say it but i was really sad because like i sang at his funeral and i sang a hawaiian chant that was just oh, it was just so beautiful. It was about oh, it was just it was just lovely. It was just lovely, and and I really because um, my sister told me, my elder sister who he, he adopted my brothers and sisters. She told me that he had a lot of friends that used to come around the house, and they would like have like you know parties in all their you know women's clothes and everything. And I was like so sad because like I know I would have loved that side of him, you know, and I never got to know. I never got. And it's almost like I. So I never really knew my dad. I only knew this part. I only knew this part of him. But he was really sensitive to energy. He was really sensitive to energy, although, you know, he was a complete atheist and like didn't believe in anything. But because he died of cancer. And I can remember sitting in hospital with him and I was giving him healing energy and he was like, he was really unwell and he opened his eyes and he looked at me and he said, you're giving me power, aren't you? (laughs) And I said, yes, dad, I'm giving you, I'm giving you some healing. And he's like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And then he went off and sort of, you know, fell asleep again, but, um, yeah, but I, I i suppose I was saying that because like, I've never felt, I don't know, I don't know, you know, because just like everybody else, you know, I get programmed by society and I know I've got prejudices and things because we all have. But for some reason, the gender thing, I've never had, I've never had a, I haven't, I just haven't had a, I just think, I love all this like gender fluid stuff now. I'm just like, yay, because why should we, why should we be put, yeah. it really annoys me all yeah. this so there's you know there's what well, the rebel in me is just like it's just like going yeah it's fun you know it's fantastic that people are you know coming out coming out now so I kind of love that you're gay and you're into Sarah and you've got this fantastic energy so I hope you don't mind me saying it like that I'm not very good at saying things with the proper words and being PC <laughs> like-
2: you're perfect you're absolutely perfect yeah, I think too, like, wow, what I chose, I chose a, an interesting path to be a, a gay person or a queer person in a fundamentalist family, but what a beautiful, amazing family and we've, we've are just, uh, what a story of, um, unconditional, compassionate, tolerant love that we've embodied, but I do, I, I remember being m- really thinking about gender, too, in that same period as a small child, I'm like, I don't want to. I mean, if I could have been born now, I'd be like, yes, I'm non-binary. No, no question. You know, I I kind of like to joke, too. I was born a girl and grew into a man, <laughs> which is great, too. So I think it's all... And I think when we go up into those highest dimensions, like, it is... I would love for someday that we don't even, this is just my own little dream, that we don't even call it divine masculine, divine feminine. Maybe it's, the divi- I don't know, it's it's some other term because even when you go to study all these old things, it, it's always spoken in those terms and it's and it's hard as a queer person to be like, well, where do I fit in? And I'll tell you one moment that really like spoke to my heart is I found Tom Kenyon's work and his Magdalene manuscripts. And, you know, Magdalene came to me first, probably out of anyone a spiritual mentor in my life. And, you know, I've just been looking up to her and she's been bringing me songs and song seats for so long. So here I'm like, this is my first time reading any channel material. And so I'm like, oh my God, what is this all going to be? And if you guys don't know the title of that book, it's like the sex magic of Isis and the alchemies of Horus. So I'm like, okay, here we go. And it's all about, you know, the divine union between two people. And she goes on and on about how that was, how her and and Yeshua and Jesus, how they worked together and were able to do all they could do, all they did um, during that time. And I'm like, how do I fit into this? You know, what she's teaching, because it's beautiful. It's beautiful. She's teaching about what's possible between a man and a woman. And then she talks about, then there's this one moment where she goes, and also, in um, the temple of isis there were same-sex partners they weren't they weren't as common but as all possible within that too and i just cried because i was like okay thank you so much of our of queer history is just not recorded obviously it's a minority part but when you start to dig deeper it's there and it's inclusive and i don't think the ancients if we go back to these times of the mystery schools in Egypt, I don't think they were as, as concerned with it as we were. But yet yeah, maybe they have, they understood the archetypes in a bit different way. And, and I think that's what we're bringing back. I mean, the Egyptian mystery schools come a lot for me. And I just think we're bringing back that old, reactivating that old remembering of that it's not these dualities and we don't have to fit into these these boxes. They're just these archetypes that we need to remember how to work with
0: yes absolutely and that's it we are we're flowing into a new era now so the culture is changing and of course you know like many of us like have lives over and over again where we're in similar circumstances well we're in similar we we are what we are and we take that in as our soul and then the society around us treats that energy completely differently you know, like to be a poet in the as an in the old Norse times, you were so revered. I mean, you were just like so special and it was so manly and all the rest of it. And like now, it's like you know, it's something you'd have to do as a as a as a hobby and hope that people might listen to you occasionally if you're if you're lucky. And you know, the same with magical work. It's like when I've read like the old Edda's describing. Um, like women who were doing prophecy, the respect. I mean, it was just like, I was like, wow, that's another vision to being, you know, people treating you and thinking you're some dodgy fortune teller. And, you know, it's just like, so we just, and I think all of this is kind of grist for the mill. It's good development for the soul because what other people think of us, is nothing to do with us. You know, I remember reading that, someone wrote that and I was like, it's none of your business what other people think of you and I was like I like that. <laughs> That's harsh, you know, hearing that. <laughs> cuz I thought it was <laughs> but but it, but it but it really isn't and like like in the work that I do, like I used to be a nurse and I loved that cuz people thought I was great oh, you're a nurse. Oh, that's so wonderful. Oh, you're such a wonderful person. You know, I really loved kind of reveling in that, in that appreciation and that approval. But then, you know, my, my path just wasn't, wasn't to stay on that. And I went into spiritual things where I get very little, I've had very little approval from society for a very long time. And especially as I've my soul has chosen I won't say I have chosen because it's not what I would have chosen. <laughs> my soul has chosen something. I love that you said you love kind of the heretical thing about it. Because somebody else said that to me recently, somebody they've been brought up in a Catholic girls' school and I was telling her because like, over the years, especially like to start off with maybe in the first 10 years, I've had horrible, horrible emails and comments from people. I actually turned all the comments off on YouTube because I had people writing to me saying, Sarah's a demon and I'm a, I'm a demon. And, you know, and people would write me awful emails and I was just like, oh, God, ugh. you know, this is her. She's coming as, you know, it's been prophesied. That you know the devil's going to come back as one of like the Messiah's too, and I was just like, oh, oh I don't God. even want to like know any of this. So, and so it, so now it's really nice to be hearing some of these comments of people going, oh no, it's great because I have that rebel in me as well. I'm like, oh yeah, it's really great. You know, the God God is a woman and a man. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs>
2: everything in between it's all it's all one at the end of the day
0: <laughs> exactly and that and that's what I love about Sarah but I did a channeling from her years ago and I've been trying to find it recently because I'm actually putting a new book together mm-hmm. and I can't find it and I think I'll just have to channel a new one but somebody asked a question about um something to do with hermaphrodites mm. And I can't remember what she said, but I know she said that she was particularly here for people who were, I I can't remember the way she said it, but because she is this sort of like the male and the female brought into oneness, she is here particularly for like gender fluid people and people of non-specific sexuality. And I was just like, And I really want, I really want that to be in the book. I really, really want that to be in the book because like I connected, you know, I I connected to Yeshua first. He was the first one that ever turned up at a channeling workshop that someone else was running and I was there, you know, experiencing it. And then Mary, but, but then I really worked with Mary Magdalene because I have this strong divine feminine. And I think Mary Magdalene has really done amazing stuff for us, divine feminine women because you know I love working with the goddesses and all those different energies but but the Madeline she's like she's much closer she's much closer to us and I think it's been wonderful wonderful one obviously not just for women because there's a lot of women uh men that love her as well but Sarah Sarah's both yes Um, and we need to and it's it's like we need to get back to this remembering that the masculine is not shit.
1: <laughs> right.
0: You know? Right. Because yeah. uh you know, all right, there has been a lot that's been really shit in the patriarchy and everything. But we have to remember that all of us are both all of us have had lifetimes where we're both. <laughs> yeah. We can't just blame it on the other gender. You know, whatever side we're on, we can't just say oh it's all women or it's all men because we're all we're all of it. We have to own all of it. And it feels like with Sarah we can own she's there supporting us in owning all of it
2: yes i feel like in a way it reminds me so much of of Horus you know Horus was that divine union of Isis and Osiris and now we have Sarah who is the divine you know the the product of Yeshua and Magdalene and how you know and, and if you look at the the Horus Situation that's, you know, that's a male situation and how beautiful that it is that Sara is female. But I completely agree. And I think that's so on purpose that she chose that her soul chose that gender because we're shifting and we're shifting. And, and all of this, what we're saying, it's about what happens within you. So these divine dualities must merge within you. If we're calling a masculine, feminine, whatever, whatever you want to call them, sun, moon, sun and moon, what, what, what the third thing that's created is this place of true acceptance and true compassion, true full, full um, embracing of, of oneself that is um, beyond gender. That's it's, it's, a, it's, it's, um, there's a truth beyond that. And that's just kind of holding us back. And I think Sarah is a mirror. She's mirroring us this, this truth, this divinity to us of that. It's, it's, it's we're, we're going beyond that now get on the train it's not about these. Just everyone's welcome, and I think how beautiful for all these people that feel maybe shamed because of how they identify, um, they feel forgotten. Maybe they're abused. That she can be that sense of of like, oh, this person sees me, or this this sent this this aspect of divinity sees me, and the other aspects do. But this Sarah, that's just her her mission, right?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I really love that. And yeah, like I said, it's something that is coming up now to really be promoted and kind of put out there. Um, But yeah, I mean, I call her Sarah. I I mean, I experience her as an energy. And that's how I know her. And then I have and then I had to find a name to put on her, you know, so I just Sarah, I just got to call her Sarah. But you know, right, you have to call her something. I'm not I'm not attached to a particular name yes. for her, and I love all of them. They all have, um, you know, different energies about them and show a different aspect of her, and 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 all of that sort of thing. But I wanted to ask you, how, so how well, where did your journey start with her? I mean, what mm. triggered it?
2: So as I said, Magdalene really came in. I think for a lot of people through the Da Vinci Code. God bless that book. <laughs> <laughs> because it was a the heretical story of Christianity that I had never heard or wasn't aware of. And that book was, I think, divinely put into the collective so that we could awake, you know, some of us could awaken to it. And it did. And so I devoured whatever material there was about Magdalene um, at that time. And so I went through, like, The Women with the Alabaster Jar, which brings Sarah in hugely, Um, that's by Margaret Starbird. And that's a wonderful book. And, and so then, you know, as a musician, I kind of live a monk's life. So it's, I didn't have a ton of time to go, you know, so I carried these things with me, the studying was kind of up and down. And there wasn't a lot of material back then. Um, Now you open Amazon, it's like, you type in Mary Magdalene, and it's like, whoa, pages after pages, which is, you can see the shift, you can just just open Amazon to see the collective shift we've had as a people. Oh my gosh. Just in our lifetime. Like that's this has taken that 2000 years and we've just done a huge leap to where Zara is now becoming part I like, "Oh, wow." So just have a moment to reflect on that. Okay, so <laughs> Yes, Magdalene, Magdalene all she's been with me and then my song "My Preta," which means dark mother or black mother, it's one of the last songs on the album. Um, was a song that came in a dream. Um, it was Magdalene singing a lullaby to Sara. And if you in that song, it, it it shows up as the opening. There's two flutes, and it sounds very lullabyish. And that's that's the song Magdalene was singing to her. And it kind of has the vibes of Silent Night, but different. And I love to think about it as as we sometimes Sara is known as the black Madonna. Well, I think of this as sort of the upside down silent night. So it's Yeshua has his silent night. Sarah for me has hers coming from Magdalene. And that song is, has its own journey that that's a wonderful story to tell. But so Sarah kind of there, she started to um, incubate, if you will, within my heart at that point. And then years later, actually this past year, as I was really stepping into my spirituality in order to complete this album, because I knew the two were intrinsically linked. I was at a soul gathering with my spiritual mentor, Lauren, and um, and some of my family. And um, it was towards the end of the night, and there was just something in me that needed to express. And it ended up happening through atoning, through my voice. And um, the Magdalene presence was super strong, And then all of a sudden I could feel like my body ended up going like this. And I felt like for me, I was birthing Sarah within me, if that makes any sort of sense. And so, and I was like cradling her and I was going through these feelings of pain. And for me, whether it's true or not, but this is my experience is like, I could see, like, can you imagine being Mary Magdalene? You've just lost Yeshua, you know, your, your twin soul and then you've got this gorgeous daughter who is your legacy, who is your own flesh and blood, and you're mourning your I know he's still with her, but it's she's going through a period of mourning, and she's having think having some guilt about not being present for Sarah in the way that she could have been if the family had been able to stay intact. So I'm kind of going through this and then how that relates to my own life. And in that moment, there a song poured forth that was feels like it was it was birthing sorrow within my heart and so that was really special and then the Yeshua energies then started to come in with me and that's when because I was sort of tilted towards the feminine as well and then I think I had had some wounds from the masculine through this life and previous that I ended up healing which allowed him to fully come through for me and that was beautiful because I grew up around him but you know he was kind of at a distance because of the filters of of Christianity. So now, now the family was reuniting, and then towards the end of um, writing this album, Sara was just growing within me, and she's like, "That song, that song, the second song in the album that you think you're calling Sophia for Sophia, meaning the the creatrix of all." She's like, "That that's my story. That song's my story, and about my mom and what we went through, um, through the crucifixion and after." And so. And then it mirrored like, wow, such trauma can, you can transform that trauma into the most beautiful things. And also we don't have to color co- or um candy coat it. Like it's okay to just like live in that space of that was hard. There was, yeah. I mean, these spiritual leaders, these, they, they went through hard things too. They cried, they had the guilt, they had the depressions. So they're not exempt from that. And neither are we, and I think, what Yeshua said and what Magdalene said, what Sarah's saying is, you can be, you are us. You can create, you can achieve things that are greater than what we achieved. And I think that's what's, um, what's important. And then the humanity that they end up sharing with us through these experiences and through that experience. It was just, so now she's with me more than ever and, um, and it's, so amazing how aligned our conversation is because I feel again too that she's coming in with these gender issues and she's just she's she's pushing us into this next next paradigm
0: absolutely I I just love everything you've said Jeremiah thank you so much for for sharing that story because yeah it brings up you know echoes it echoes things in me because like when I listened to the track which is the Sarah one I could hear that grief in it. And I have experienced that personally because when I started working with Sarah, she overlighted me like energetically because, you know, I've would, I know, I believe like one of my roles is to be a teacher kind of of her wisdom. I don't believe I'm her. I'm not saying that other people can't be sole aspects of her but i'm I'm not and and one of the reasons that I'm not is because it would be too confusing for me. I need to be another person in order to see what she is and then talk about her rather than be too enmeshed. But one of the things I got <laughs> like quite early on, I got really, really enraged there was all this rage coming out of me and like, I mean, I've been working on my own stuff for years. You know, I've had a lot of therapy and, you know, I trained in psychoanalysis and so, you know, I'm not someone who is like unaware of my own emotions and there was all this rage. And I was like, God, what's going on? (laughs) I sat down and started asking myself, what is it? And she was really furious at Jesus Because he died and he left her, and there he was. Oh, there you are for the world. What about me, you effing? But she was really, really furious. And you know, I haven't talked about these things much over the years because of the controversy. And I know a lot of people have certain beliefs, and I don't want to get in, I don't want to like. I don't like controversy, you know, I like, but now like over the years, I've had to deal with so much anyway, even though I didn't invite it in, I just think, oh, what the hell, you know, (laughs) what am I going to, what am I going to do? But um, what I was thinking about was like, so I went to this amazing drumming weekend years and years ago. It was at a retreat place um, run by the Quakers and it had this most beautiful energy. And it was in Surrey near where I lived. And there was this like, Stephen something I can't remember his name he helped me make my own drum on another another time but he was doing this drumming weekend and as part of it I'm not quite sure I think he just wanted to do it he'd found like he was his wife was very Mary Magdalene orientated and they did this thing where like you would put a veil on and the person with the veil on would become Mary Magdalene or Mother Mary or whoever it was we were bringing. And I don't remember now. And then they would go around and give everybody a blessing. Anyway, so there's this woman going around with her veil on. And she was either Mother Mary or Mary Magdalene. I don't remember which. And when she got to me and she put her hands on me, all this grief came up and we both started sobbing. I mean, like, you know, it was like when my mum died when I was 26 and she died of cancer and she shouldn't have done you know she had a misreported smear she should have been better and she wasn't and I lost her and I wasn't ready to lose it was that really it was awful awful we were both like uh, uh." and like afterwards you know she came up to me and she said what happened (laughs) and I was like I was like oh this poor woman because she was like she'd come on this drumming weekend but I don't think she she was very experiencing on her spiritual path so i I thought, I'm going to have to give her some background because she was a bit worried you know, about what had happened to her. And I said, look, you know, and this was before I was really out, you know, with Sarah. I said, look, you know, I work with an ascended master called Sarah and she was Mary Magdalene's daughter. And it was really awful when he died. It was just like anybody else, like anybody else. Can you imagine that's your, your husband or your son or whatever, up on the cross with that, you know, things for that. It was really awful, and they were people. Yeah, they could do all this, but they were also just people, you know. And it was really awful. And when you come down to their human level, that grief is still there. It, it, it hasn't ascended, <laughs> you know, right. because it's 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 part of their humanity and it's part of our humanity. And grief is is grief. So, so yeah, that's my that was echoing in me when you were talking about it.
2: That's so helpful, um because I do I mean putting that track out, it was a lot of faith because um, you know you think, oh, we're gonna listen to things about the holy Family. they're gonna be like this you know empowering uplifting kind of moment or or expansion of some sort, but I'm, but there is expansion and birth within that grief and and it's also important just for us to acknowledge the full spectrum of who we are and who they are and and also for i mean there's no shame in that. So there's, can be shame attached to grieving. And, and I think that's what was coming forward too, is you, we, you, everything, please embrace every feeling that comes forward, you know, in your life. And there are aspects of you that just need to be held close. And yeah, it was such a journey and I'm so thankful for the whole, every moment.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah that's it that's it because each of those moments if you took out all the difficult moments then those other moments wouldn't be in it all those incredible amazing you need all of it and then it's this this complete experience isn't it and I really think that's what we've come here to learn in a in a nutshell (laughs) it's like you you've got to do it all you've got to have the whole and yes bring it all together
2: There are so many, there are different timelines that have been channeled about the Holy Family. And and so I think it's important to acknowledge that. And and we're not saying that ours is the right one, but it is one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Oh, Oh, that's a really good way to put it. Thank you so much. I will use that in future because, like, I have problems, like, trying to say, like, just because one person experiences this doesn't mean that that's the only so thank you i like yeah. that about the timelines
2: <laughs> sometimes i'm dreaming like well if you want to if you believe that there are parallel timelines going on maybe there were different timelines that actually did happen and people are pulling that in but what okay at the end of the day, who cares? It's about what this is teaching us and what it can reflect. I, I love it all. I, I mean, like, whatever channeling, I want to know. I mean, it's so, it's so, it's so fascinating. But it, what's the truth? What's, not the truth of the actual history. I don't care. It's truth of the divinity in it, the truth in it. That's, that's what we're after. And um, yeah, I would love to know. What, um, you know, how many kids Sarah had? Yes, the, the honor the grandmother books tell you, but maybe, you know, I don't know if that's the real, you know, I want I would love to know all those details and what she liked to eat, you know, and yeah. <laughs> what color is her favorite, but that's not what it's about. It's about connecting to the truth of the mirror of the divinity that these ascended masters bring us. And as they are encouraging us to remember that we are ascended masters, that we're on our journey to be ascended masters as well.
0: Oh, that's beautiful, Jeremiah. I love that. And yeah, again, you know, I just want to sort of echo, echo that sentiment, really, because, you know, I get asked a lot of questions, you know, can you channel about how many brothers and sisters there were and things like that? And I say, no, I can't, because that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here, you know, I've channeled, brought through a healing system from Sarah, I'm now teaching people next year, you know, how to work with the earth as a pre priestess of sarah because you know we have to work in co-creation with with all of the energy lines and create sacred power places and do this and that because you know the earth isn't going to get where it needs to on her own because we've done quite a lot of damage and we've got to sort that we've got to sort that so so you know and i have a special needs son and i work in a foreign country and i have my own health problems i have to really focus like Somebody else can tell that story. It's it's not going to be me just because I work with Sarah. And also, like you, I don't actually care. So it's like, you know, if I don't have a personal interest in it, you know, somebody else writes it, but I'm going to read it and be really, really interested. But my soul, I don't have that about it, you know? What I want to know is, come on, Sarah, what do we need to do now? Tell me, teach me. I want to tell everybody, you know? And that's what she does, And, and she's been... It's been amazing over the years because, you know, of course, I'm really Mary Magdalene, you know, I could have just wallowed in a big bath of Mary Magdalene's energy quite happily all of my life, but it would have been, it would have been really lazy because I've done that. I've done that lifetime after lifetime, after lifetime. And this is kind of how Sarah got me because she knows I want to learn. I'm like the eternal student, you know, even when I'm doing five courses, I'll always find another two I'm interested in. And I love that. I love that stretching myself and going outside of my comfort zone, even as part of me hates it and really doesn't want to, really doesn't want to do it because I didn't want to do the whole divine masculine thing. I really, really, really resisted it until in the end, you know, my guidance just got so like, do it. (laughs) And I do listen. I do listen in the end, you know. I don't, if I don't listen to the hints and suggestions, when they go, do it, I do, then I just go, oh God, all right then.
2: (laughs) If I have to. I call that an astro slam, like, astro slam. (laughs) It's time to, (laughs) yeah, we're talking to you.
0: (laughs) So, what's what's the best, best way if people want to, you know, oh, I just want to say how beautiful your flute playing is?
2: Oh, thank you.
0: It's just divine, really. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm an expert on music or anything, but I have got a musical ear and, you know, I have appreciated a bit of classical here and there. I do love all the only type of music I don't really love. Sorry to all you jazz lovers. I don't get jazz. You know, yeah. and I sort of wish I did because I, I don't like to not enjoy anything, <laughs> but I yeah. don't. That's the only, but everything else, you know, oh, you know, I just, it's all got a time and a, it's all got a time and a place. And, you know, so there, like I said, there I was listening to your music. I knew nothing about you or even how you'd made this music. And I heard that flute and I was like, wow, that's <laughs> that's really good. That's wow. How has he made this track? Is this all him? God, if he's played that flute there, he's he's some musician, you know, it was like. Yeah, I could I could hear it, but so yeah, how can people how can people come and come and listen to it?
2: So the album's called Hierophants, and that's spelled H I E R O F A N T E. It's spelled in the Portuguese way. So it's the the tarot card I'm referencing. I'm sort of recreating that character from the tarot deck in my my own way. Also, as we're talking, I really recreate. If you see the sort of Raider white card. And you see my album cover, you're like, okay, he went in the Sara direction. Like, you know, I'm not. I'm like connected to the earth. I don't look like a pope. You know, I've got. So anyway, that's. I I uh, brought the hierophant into um, this this time period for this album. Okay, so it's called that. You can find me on all the streaming platforms. Um, Arcoiris is the the name, and then um, I'm on Instagram as I am Arco Iris Music. Same for Facebook. And then YouTube as well, which I have um, videos there explaining, telling stories about th- how the songs all began and what, what they're about, if you're interested for deeper meanings. And then eventually I'm going to start a um, a community, an online community called Initiates, where you will be able to, um, to experience more about the songs and their initiations. And I will have rituals for each song. So you were already on the same wavelength, you know, with... With um, certain crystals or just intentions that you can then in- enjoy the songs in a, in a deeper way, and uh, more music is already coming out really quickly. So I'm starting to share that in I'm doing I'm doing um, live streaming performances on Facebook and YouTube on the moon cycles. So every new moon and full moon and potentially the quarter moons, if I if I can, I, I love to do it. So you can look for those, um, and I post the replays so you can see them. Unless I had too many wrong notes. Just kidding. <laughs> but I'll bring in these, um, these new songs that are more um, they're free flowing. It's sort of a react. This, this album was, as you said, super layered. I, I played and every instrument I edited, recorded, did, I did the whole thing myself and it's super, super layered. And every, you know, every seam has been pressed and um, every I and T are correct. I mean, everything is just very correct about it. And now Almost as a reaction, what I'm creating is a lot of just me in a crystal bowl, sometimes the flute, and it's just like just channeling whatever, you know, whatever needs to come out as a sort of with a healing intention. And some of that is wordless, and some of it is using um, Sanskrit chants. Or I've actually just, I was guided to rewrite the Lord's Prayer to be a divine feminine Lord's prayer. So it's the divine mother's prayer. So that's already coming out as a song, which um, I'm sharing. And I'm just like that. Everyone needs that. That's, I'm not going to hold it back for me. Like it's, it's, we need that. We need the divine mother's prayer um, or the divine parent that, that has been hidden.
0: (laughs) That's so exciting. What's your YouTube channel called?
2: Um, I am Arco Iris.
0: I am Arco Iris. I can't wait to have a look at this new stuff. Because I haven't I haven't heard any of that. That just sounds absolutely brilliant. So this is just the beginning for you, isn't it?
2: Yes. Thank you for being a um what's a beautiful metaphor? Just a springboard, a launch pad, just a, a beautiful place to 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 share. Just a wow, I just feel like I just feel really blessed. So thank you so much for giving me this opportunity.
0: Oh, you're welcome. And I know that, you know, the people who listen to this podcast they're totally going to be vibrating and resonating along with you and just you know coming over to have a look so I will put all your links in the in the show notes for the podcast so you know people don't have to go around trying to find stuff I know how it can be sometimes and um oh that's just lovely I love that I love all this spontaneity so I mean I, I've never. I, I mean, I, I took. I went to. I went to evening classes a little bit for, for singing, but I'm not a trained singer or anything like that. And I've never sung like in my normal life. But the channeling comes through singing as well, just sound and chants and and I use it. I was listening to um, a, a, a sort of a magical colleague of mine. Valerie, her name is, and she was talking about Finland. And there's been this tradition that nearly died out, but now they're reviving it, of, like, magical songs. Oh, wow. And it's like practising as a witch, but with, with, with songs. And I was like, oh, that's what I do. <laughs> because oh, there's all these chants that I've learned over the years, and they're ones that I think I've sung in past lives, Because certain ones just call out to me. And when I sing, there's all this stuff that comes through. And when I sing, my voice changes. And, like, there was one time, there's a place near here where, because, you know, like energy lines and everything. Energy is just energy. It's not good or bad. But sometimes people and events and history turn them one way or the other, and this was a dark place. And it had... Dark beings in it. And I think I was singing the Gayatri mantra. I can't remember, but I was there with two friends who were, we were all working together. I have never heard my voice sound more angelic or more beautiful. And it was the light that was pouring through me. And like, if I just try to sing for you now, it would so not sound like that you know and it, it's just you know it's and that's the thing isn't it and that's what I'm saying about like the spontaneity with you and also why your flute playing was so beautiful because you've got the you've got the skill and all those years of like working really hard at your craft and then you're channeling the energy through it as well I mean yeah that's the masculine and the feminine together isn't it
2: yeah I never that's a beautiful way to look at it and it feels for me now as I'm I just actually this week started doing these soul gatherings where my mentor will be playing all the crystal bowls and I'll just go in and start channeling this healing energy with my voice. And it's so what I'm learning is I'm, I'm one of my mantras is that I surrender my mind and ego to the leadership of my heart. And so at at being such a trained musician, that's really important because so easy, my mind can be, it's very trained to step outside and be like, that note was late. That note was a little sharp. Oh, the color on that one wasn't correct um, or was a bit bright. Um, So that's been kind of taken back, but then also celebrate that, you know, this mind understands musical structure and can make decisions about like, can help spirit be like, well now, yeah, we'll be beautiful. We did something really high because that would contrast what we just did. So there's a, an understanding there that I'm, it's um, uh, trusting and then unraveling this sort of this judging mind and allowing, you know, the, the the feeling of the heart and the leadership of the heart just to take over. And then whatever energies need to come through. And you're absolutely right. My, your voice, my voice will change on a dime and just, just be like, whoa, that's higher or lower than I've ever sung. And then the timbre, I don't even... Yeah, and you just... it's. Everyone has this possibility, this capability too. It's just a matter of remembering.
0: Yeah. And I think people are starting to do it more with this, you know, new concept we have of light language and toning, which wasn't there, which wasn't there before. And it's something everyone can tap into because it's not about how you sound. (laughs) It's about just creating that opportunity for the frequencies to come through and you don't have to know what you're doing you just have to have the intent and open up and 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 stuff happens and and it's been wonderful it's been absolutely you know life-changing for me to be able to to do that because like if if I wake up and I'm in a really bad place I can do a bit of like okay spirit can you channel something through that will help me with this and I'll go blah, 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 or tone, 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 you know, and then you know, or maybe do a bit of a dance where it needs to come through. And, um, yeah, I was just the last person I interviewed, Lily, Lily Sweet. She she taught me how to do this. She's a she, she does healing coaching work with people, and it's like, oh, this is so simple, it's brilliant. And she was like, She asked me, she said, which bit of it did you find difficult? I said, none of it. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it all. I loved it all. I've been waiting 50, 50, nearly 51 years to have someone show me how to do this, Lily. It's like I was born. I was born. I was born to do this. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. And I, I haven't, I haven't heard anyone. And of course, you know, there's lots of people I haven't heard in the world, but I haven't heard anyone who does what you do
2: oh wow thank you and thank you i um yeah there's got to be other people out there too and but i'm just just um embracing who i chose to be in this time and space and how that comes through and and also realizing that it's not about me it's about what needs to be brought through for others and that of course that serves me too and what we do for ourselves serves others so it's all connected and at last night at this another one of these soul gatherings i was like i don't even need to worry. it's what am i trying to say i'm trying to say that there what's coming through is divinity because we are divinity so there's no reflection of judgment that needs to happen it's just a trusting in um all is meant to be in the way it's was is brought into be
0: yeah absolutely and you know i wish you lots of luck and many sarah blessings on your Thank journey you.
2: to you as well to you as well
0: and, and i think that's it you know what, what you were saying it's just we just have to kind of be aware of what's coming through us and listen you know and that's what i do and I was saying to someone recently, and actually when when you were talking, then I got the answer I needed. I was saying to somebody recently, you know, I'm open to spirit and what they bring through me, but sometimes I wish they wouldn't give me so much to work with. But then I just put two and two together because, like, recently I was saying, I was sort of saying to spirit about the priestess calls, priestess calls. And I love that because I write it priest and then a slash and then s because it's like priest s priest or so it's like one thing you know I love that I love that but spirit was saying to me you can make it easier (laughs) on yourself and I think that's the thing is that I tend to do you know maybe I need to I need to work what's the opposite of work harder (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh work smarter. is that the is that the yeah
0: but whatever you know I'm sure someone's got some really great sort of like you know I need to do less work do do the same thing but don't put out so much maybe spend less time writing to people on messages or I don't know I don't know but you know I need to just like yeah because they I think I do believe they only give me what you know what I can manage so if it's all too much and there's not enough hours in the week What am I doing then? (laughs) I think that's probably something about my dynamics where I need to, yeah, like go a bit easier. So I have, I've got that written up somewhere. I have to. Oh, I've I've had to tidy up recently. I need to put that back up. (laughs) I need to put that back up. Do less.
2: you are you put out an amazing amount of content you are a blessing to everyone so we thank you but i i totally resonate with what you're saying but yeah wow your service and dedication to to your calling is just just inspiring
0: oh thank you thank you and that was so this is the last thing i say now that was i just wanted to say you know this is why i started this podcast because no one would interview me about sarah No one would take, I, I can't get anyone to take my articles. No one will interview me. And it's the same now, you know, from time to time I still send, I never, I never get a yes. I never get a yes. So it's like, I'm like, well, then (laughs) I'm going to do it myself, you know, because I was, I did, I got really depressed. I was like, what am I going to do? No, I I have to get her out there. How can I get her out there if no one will talk to me, if no one will print my stuff or allow me to, you know, speak on their show or, so I've done it, I've done it myself. (laughs) Published my own book and, you know, made my own podcast. And, you know, luckily I've sort of managed to sort of, have enough technical ability to 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 do to do these things, but yeah.
2: <laughs> I love it. You're everywhere. I love it. I watch you on YouTube. I watch you on Facebook. You're, I just you're amazing.
0: Thank you. I get bored very easily. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gotta keep it moving.
0: <laughs> well, it's been really, really lovely talking to you today, and um, you have to come back. You have to come back another time.
2: Anytime, anytime. I, this has been a pure joy.
0: (laughs) Any last words before we go?
2: Oh, um, may. So, okay. So my, the last song on my album is all about, um, a Jericho rose or a resurrection rose, which fits in symbolically to this, the Holy family and what we're all trying to do within ourselves. And um, those the lines of that song just were really they came to me in the desert and it just felt so beautiful. So I'll pass them on as a blessing, as a prayer for all of you. And if you don't know this very, very magical plant, it looks it tumbles around in the desert and it looks like um, just a tumbleweed. It looks completely dead. But then once a few drops of rain find it, you can watch it just open before your eyes and turn green. So that's why it's called the resurrection rose or the Rose of Jericho. I call it the the Jericho Rose. So the, 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 the blessing is, is may the Jericho Rose of your heart find the rain and may, um, the flower of your mind open to the bees of wisdom. And then, Um, May the shadow of your soul in the darkness light your way. And may this pillar of light rise to cover all your pain. May may your resurrection be sweet and may the union be long.
0: Mm, Lovely. Thank you so much.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you.
0: And thank you to all of you who've been listening and sharing our conversation again. Remember to come over to the Sacred You podcast Facebook page or you can visit my Instagram podcast bit where I talk about it. That's rachelgoodwin.dk on Instagram. So come over and tell us what you thought, how much you loved it or anything else you want to say. (laughs) That's it today. Bye, everybody. Bye.
1: Kao heia, wale ana oe, e ka o heya wa re an ka ri ko pu ro ka na i a ka pu te mo i ka hi na o I kaha pili ko alo a ia. Hei a ke kao la lopi ko He kohopuu ka ai. Haina mai ka puana, He kaha liko ha ho hehi e ka ko puhaku ku ho ka a kau ho kaka pili ko lohaia hey aka ka hula lo pi e ko puana e ka li A o heia vale e kā li kō pūkūkūi Kūhia o kōna ia a kā pūkūmō kā himanāo Kuwa noahi, Iaka la lo pihanna, he cohopu, kapalila hi, ahaina, mahi kapuanna, e kahaliku, pua Hey no no na ka o e